Yeah, yeah. we did it. <laughs> oh, hey everybody, we're uh, we're back for episode number three. three. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yeah. Um, today well, might sound a little. Us. We did it. Might <laughs> can we number it? Yes, we can. Bob the podcaster. Take it away, Claudia. All righty. Well, joining us today is once again all of the admissions team. So welcome back. I'm Claudia. I'm Joe. I'm Casey. And this is Stephanie. And we are the, the admissions, admissions team. team. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's been one of those days, everybody. <laughs> We but, need to start recording these earlier in the day, like right? the first thing, so oh we my come gosh. in energized. Yes. And maybe a little bit less goofy. <laughs> no, I appreciate the goofs. <laughs> um, today's a little different because um, Casey and Stephanie both are calling in remotely today, so it's just Claudia and I here in here in person. Yeah, yeah oh, so oh. me and Stephanie might sound <laughs> a little distant, but if you want a tip of the day... Do not let your dogs eat ibuprofen. Oh. They get very... I swear, like, you going through this with Myla, and then I'm thinking back, I was like, why well, was the first year with Roxy? And it was awful, too. And I'm like, I just, it's just a lab thing I'm starting to think now. They're just rascals. Yeah. But anyways, so last week, um, we went over the application. So we're just going to move right along in the admissions process today. Um, and talk about scheduling an appointment and placement testing. Um, so that would be your next step if you were interested in getting started at Rock Valley College. Um, so Stephanie, why don't you tell us what students you help? All right. So each one of us recruiters works with a different group of students. Of course, we are more than happy to help anyone. So if you reach out to any of us, we can guide you in the right direction. But for me specifically, I tend to work directly with different corporations, GED students, social service agencies. I work with students from Auburn. I also work with students from East and Rockford Christian. And then other than that, if you're thinking you may not necessarily fit into those categories, if you are a homeschool student, or again, not necessarily fitting into a specific group, you may be considered a non-traditional student, and you would also be able to work with me directly. All right. And then again, this is Casey, and I am um, the head contact if you are interested in our aviation program. I also help students from Byron High School, Christian Life, Harlem, Keith Country Day School, Legacy Academy of Excellence, Oregon, Ecotonica, Stillman Valley, and Winnebago. And then I oversee, well, my name is Claudia, one more time. <laughs> I oversee um, any student from Belvedere, Belvedere North, Boylan, Guilford, North Boone, Rockford Lutheran, and star schools who are now, um, they do have different names. So like the Belvedere Endeavor School, the Regional Learning Academy. Um, I oversee all those. In addition, um, I also do speak Spanish. So if any student um, prefers a appointment in Spanish, um, I'd be more than happy to take that one too. And this is Joe again, and I help students from Jefferson, Hananiga, South Beloit, Roosevelt, and Ombudsman or the Innovative Learning Center, depending on how you know it. So now you kind of know um, who to contact when setting up your appointment. Um, but the first thing we're going to talk about is your SAT or your ACT scores in high school. 
um, because as you were told all through high school, these do um, help you in college. Um, so Claudia and Joe are kind of going to go over what those floors are, what they mean, and what that means for your first semester in regards to picking up classes. Yes, so um, before we talk to you about the numbers, um, one thing we want to emphasize is that, you know, we still, we still are in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so if you did not have the opportunity to take the ACT or SAT or are not planning on doing it, there is another thing you can do. And we'll talk about that in a second. So before you uh, maybe, I don't know, I sometimes get a little panicky if someone's <laughs> trying to start telling me something and it doesn't pertain to me. So hold on tight and we'll talk about that in a second. So Take it away, Joe, with ACT scores. So, yeah, I'll start with ACT. This was actually the test that I took in high school, and I heard people like saying they took the SAT or haven't taken the ACT at all. It just felt very foreign to me. <laughs> um, but it's going to test you, much like our AccuPlacer would, uh, test you in reading, English, and math as far as the areas that count towards your placement into college. So for reading, if you get a score of a 19 to 36, then you're considered at college level for reading. If you get below a 19, then you would have to take the AccuPlacer reading test. For English, it's a 19 to 36 as well to get into college-level English. Again, under 19, you have to take the AccuPlacer test for that. And then when it comes to math, there's multiple levels for that. And the same is gonna be, it's going to be the same for SATs as well. For the um, 0 to 17 range, you'd have to take the math AccuPlacer test. Moving up from there, if you're between 18 to 21, then you're going to test into our general education math and our elements of statistics math classes, but you could still take the AccuPlacer test if you wanted to try to test higher, like potentially into calculus or pre-calculus. The 22 to 23 range is where you're wholly at uh, college level. You can get into college algebra as well as the previous math classes. 24 to 25 is where we get into that pre-calculus range as well as everything beforehand. And then 26 to 36 is the highest you could be at for there. And that would be place you where you could go straight into calculus if you wanted to. And that's a really beneficial level to be at, especially for our engineering students, being that that program is so calculus heavy. So the sooner you can start that without having to take more math classes to get up to it, the sooner you can get through that program. And then Joe brings up a word that um, some people may have heard, and that's the AccuPlacer. So as he mentioned before, that is our equivalence of our placement exam. Um, a lot of different community colleges also have this. Um, they may have another exam, but it's going to be similar. And again, in normal pre-COVID, <laughs> um, without COVID, I should say, um, times, the AccuPlacer is what you would be taking um, if you did not meet any of these scores too. So to summarize the ACT, um, very quick, reading English, you need a 19 or higher, and then math, we kind of want you to strive at that 22 to make sure you have college algebra. But if you have anything lower or a little bit higher, um, we would talk to you. And then of course, it always depends with math on what you're studying um, to make sure that you're in the right um, placement. And I think um, an important thing to mention, too, when talking about the AccuPlacer and comparing it to, like, SAT or ACT scores, um, I am horrible at math. Like, numbers just give me super bad anxiety. I just, I don't, I don't math. Um, so, but I am decent at English and reading. Um, so, my English and reading scores for the ACT put me at college level. 
but I just had to take the acupuncture for that math portion. Um, so let's say one of the scores that Joe mentioned, maybe you were below and you weren't at that college level, you'd only have to take the acupuncture for that one category if your other levels met that line. Um, so just because um, maybe you missed one area or there's just one subject that you need to work a little bit harder in, um, it doesn't mean that you have to retake all of the tests. It's just um, whatever section didn't meet that criteria. And something else to point out too is uh, just because you're at, if you're below college level for a particular area, it doesn't mean that you can't take classes either. So uh, most of our classes just require you to be at college level reading. That gets you into the majority of them. Um, when you're at college level English, that adds in your communications classes, like your English classes and speech classes. And then the math classes are primarily where the math focus is going to be. Um, so really, don't worry if you do have to take some classes or take a test for a particular area because um, you can still take classes. Now, let's talk about SAT. <laughs> um, so now we'll talk about the SAT scores. Um, and again, now I'm just going to mention the minimum score that you need in order to be at college level placement. So for reading in English, you do need a 480 or above. And then for math... Um, you are eligible at 470 to 540, but remember that um, target score that we want is for you to at least have a college algebra placement, and that's going to be a 550 to 570. The 580 to 610 will give you pre-calc, and then 620 or above will give you that calculus placement. So don't be um, nervous. Don't be scared. We'll be here to re-explain all that again to you and what that what your scores mean to you um, in an appointment. So maybe you forget. You don't. You're not sure. Um, we're here for you. And another thing what we like. Oh. oh, sorry, Joe. No, you're fine. I was gonna say another uh, thing to point out too is a lot of the times, like what's imp just based on your scores, what's important to do is also talk with us because. Um, the SAT and S, uh, ACTs, like those standardized tests, aren't always going to be the best judge of a student's overall academic prowess in a particular area. Um, so just because you maybe scored lower than you expected there, if you were comfortable doing that in high school, there's that kind of the wiggle room right now with that can work with the deferral form, which is going to be the next uh, part of this we talk about. Um, but there is room to have that conversation or whether it's, you know you should retake the acuplacer test. It's always good to um, talk with us about where you're at and see where you ultimately need to be or you feel most comfortable at. And what were you gonna say, Casey? If you are a student who doesn't remember what they got on the SAT or the ACT, a lot of high schools use College Board. And um, so if you're familiar with your College Board account, you can always log in and then have those scores directly sent to us at Rock Valley. Um, or if your high school doesn't use College Board or you don't remember your login information, you can almost always get that from your high school counselor. Um, they'll have the um, like the format that we need, the official trans, the official transcript, the official form to have those added to your file here. Um, and then it's also important to remember that some schools do include these on their high school transcripts, and that's the way that we can get these scores, but other schools do not. So when you're sending your transcripts to any college, um, you wanna make sure that you're checking to see if those ACT or SAT scores are attached, or if you need to take a second step and get those sent individually to the college. Thank you. And now, um, again, now let's go back to talking about this deferral form that we keep bringing up. 
Um, so because of COVID, <laughs> um, if you may or may not have known, a lot of businesses had to shut down, had to close, had to go remote. And that impacted us um, giving our ability to give out the AccuPlacer. So again, our version of the placement test. Um, so who wants to talk about what the deferral form does and what that just means? I can mention that, Claudia. So with the deferral form, I always describe it to my students is it's an option to delay your responsibility to providing test scores. So at this point in time during COVID, it is not your fault that you can't or didn't have a chance to take the SAT, and it's not your fault that you can't take the AccuPlacer right now, but you still want an opportunity to move forward with your education, which you have a right to do. So that's where this deferral form comes in. It's very quick and easy and online. Ultimately, it's just going to ask you a little bit of your uh, contact information, your name, your student ID. Once that's submitted, it takes just a short amount of time to process and then be added to your file. This will then allow you to start registering for some of those initial courses that most students are going to need in order to move forward with your college education. That was perfectly said, yes. (laughs) So one thing um, that I just want to point out, too, is that some students um, want to know what may be the negative consequences of the deferral form. Um, Sometimes they're a little scared. Um, So they're really... Don't be scared. There's not too many um, negative consequences. The only thing that I always tell students is that this is not going to allow us to know if you would be um, if you would benefit from what's called a developmental course. So there are some courses that we offer that are um, below college level. So anything under the number 100 is considered a developmental course. Um, and some students would benefit from this to give them that foundation they need to succeed in that college level courses. So this placement form won't do that for us. Um, so we do allow you to take um, different practice exams. Um, there, there's the study app for the AccuPlacer also gives you um, exams you can take to see what you would have gotten. Um, so that is help, has helped us see what placement you would be in. Um, so again, The best thing to do is we can sit down and talk to you individually, which then brings us to our next topic, which is appointments. Yes. And with right now with COVID, um, we haven't been doing as many in-person appointments like we normally do. Um, But like we kind of mentioned in our first episode, we're able to assist students, whether it be in person or virtually through Zoom or phone appointments and still go over all the necessary information that we need. So overall, before you can have an appointment, you need to schedule one. And the way you can do that is you can give us a call at 815-921-4000. And that'll connect you to our front reception desk. And they can get you in contact with the uh, correct coordinator uh, based on those territories that we listed off earlier. And then also, what's the difference between us and academic advisors? That's going to be something we mention quite a bit when it go- going forward. So one thing I want to point out is that although a lot of people call us advisors or counselors, that is unfortunately not our title. (laughs) (laughs) So that might give you a clue. But what is the difference between academic advisors and coordinator of new student enrollment? So our job is to help all incoming students um, 
we specialize in like all of those college scaries. So we try to break down those barriers to make you more comfortable in starting your first semester. Um, where the academic and transfer advising office, they are like the best of the best at helping you transfer to another institution and also ensuring that you're meeting all of the degree requirements. Um, so you can meet with us um, in your first and second semesters and then you can meet with an academic and transfer advisor in your last two semesters. Um, and what's kind of cool about Rock Valley is you're not assigned a specific advisor. So you can either pick whichever one you wanna speak with, or if you just email the advising or just contact the advising number, they will assign one for you. Um, so you're not assigned to any particular person, which gives you the freedom to kind of pick and choose whoever you match best with. Um, Cause I do think that is really important when finding someone to help you through your college career is you definitely wanna get along and have a good relationship with them. So you're not scared to ask any questions that you have. Absolutely. And then, Kind of uh, to pull into this too, um, another com common comparison is us versus being a counselor. Like a lot of times parents will ask us like, oh, are you their, their dedicated counselor? And in some ways, yes, but primarily, well, I don't know. I guess what, what's, what's your guys' inter interpretation of that? Because I think we do a lot of the same work that, you know, as a counselor would do. We're not like a personal and success counselor like Andrea um, but as far as like counseling on what makes the student, like what motivates the students and what goals they want to accomplish, I feel like we really touch on that a lot in our appointments, especially with new students. I think if you kind of look at it is that with all of us, our role is a coordinator of new student enrollment. So think of it as like we are coordinating all the beginning factors. So we're going to coordinate getting you started and we're going to coordinate making sure all your questions are answered and planning out the classes. And so I think that's where, you know, I think a lot of people maybe got used to the term as a counselor, um, but really more importantly, we're here to make sure that everything is answered from that initial phase. And then after that fact, you know, once somebody has determined the program that they're moving forward in, kind of like what Casey had mentioned, when you're ready to transfer, I think that's when you're ready to go to the next step, uh, if that makes sense to you guys. Absolutely. I think too it's important because like as Joe said, we do do a lot of like the counseling in regards to like helping you pick your classes and then we can also be that person that you can lean on to vent to about like being stressed or being overwhelmed. Um, but we are also like mandated reporters. So that's really important as well. Um, like we have your best interest at heart. So if you come into our office and you're having a really bad day and we think that you would benefit from talking to us, to Andrea, our student and success counselor, we will fill out information so that you speak with her. Um, again, we just wanna make sure that you and everybody around you is as safe as possible. We are here for you to talk to and to vent to, but she is the trained professional that's here to help you with if it's depression or anxiety or just being overwhelmed. Um, so know that we are here to listen and we will listen, um, but there are there is kind of like a line and a boundary um, that if something is brought up, we do report that to someone who just is way more knowledgeable than we are in that specific subject area. And I always, I always like to tell just students, like, I can help you with this, but I know someone that can help you even better. Um, so ultimately, again, you may hear this a lot, but we just want what's best for you. Um, so we can help you to an extent, as Casey just mentioned, but there's people that, you know, have that education background, have that experience um, that will give you um, a much, much better um, assistant with anything you need. 
So if you don't know what to say when you call to make an appointment, all you have to say is I am an incoming student and I don't know what my next step is. And then who is ever answering the phone should be able to point you in the right direction, which would be us. <laughs> exactly. Um, then also, when it comes to these appointments that we do, everybody, um, how do our Zoom appointments, our phone appointments, or even our in-person appointments, how does that generally go? What's our What's our general flow? So normally the first thing I like to do is introduce myself. Yep, always important. <laughs> so um, I just say hi. <laughs> hi. Hello. I am Joe. <laughs> Everybody's been so confused when they come in. <laughs> so introducing yourselves. Um, if you are in person, though, one thing that I think is so awkward is not being able to handshake. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, so. I stop myself. <laughs> Every time. Like yeah. Yep. I'm like, I'm like, just keep them in my pockets. Air five really. from yeah. six feet away. <laughs> Some people like the elbow tap. Yep. Yeah. But then so if you hit too hard, then your elbow tap. hurts. Yeah. So <laughs> another thing to point out too is just um, when you're, if you are coming into a in-person appointment, um, we can only do up to two people max in our offices. So sometimes um, I've had students come in with uh, mom and dad with um an aunt or uncle yeah too. so just kind of keep that in mind um we do try to limit right now just two people our offices are nice um and spacious but um for the safety of everybody just a max of two people in total um so after saying hi <laughs> after saying hi um casey what's the next thing you do so joe had brought up how our appointments can be over zoom phone or in person Phone. I said that like I was Canadian. Phone, yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't phone. you know about the phone? <laughs> okay. Joe had brought up how we are currently doing appointments either through Zoom, over the phone, or in person. And I just wanted to point out that no matter which method of communication you prefer or works best, what works best for you, um, we go over all the same stuff and we can do all the same things. Um, so I personally think Zoom and in-person goes a little bit more smooth because I can use like the share screen option or I can show you right on the computer. But all of us are just as big of pros at walking you through it over the phone as well. Um, so don't feel like if you are in a position that it's unsafe for you to come to campus um, that you're missing out on anything by doing it over Zoom and over the phone. We've gotten real good at these virtual appointments. Um, so we will make sure that all of your questions are still answered. Um, and that we walk you through everything that you need to do. A, a popular thing that I that I do with, uh, especially with doing phone appointments, like when we were doing work from home earlier this year, is when it comes to doing like registration, I would I would go through it exactly as I'm telling them, so I know what screens they're looking at. Even mm -hmm. even though we know by heart at this point the <laughs> screens and where everything is, I still go through it because then if they run into some error, I can maybe try to replicate or see that oh, they clearly clicked on this thing instead, or they went to this page or didn't open this tab. So um, that's why I, I kind of did that a lot of that to help mitigate the, I guess, sort of like difference of being over the phone as opposed to in person where I could just walk them through or have them do it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so that seemed to be pretty helpful overall too. I think then after we introduce ourselves, um, we always try to get to know you. Um, so if you're on person, you might get like awkward small talk about the weather on the walk back to our offices. Um, or we might ask you like if you're working somewhere. Um, again, this is because at RVC, you are so much more than just a number or a student. 
Like we really do want to get to know you and kind of have that connection with you to help you. Um, and a lot of times getting to know you, we may be able to offer, offer different support services um, that you will need and to be successful as a student that we wouldn't have got to know if we just got straight to the point of talking about classes. Um, so I know some people like small talk, some people hate small talk, um, but just know that the purpose is because we do want to get to know you. It's not just like a routine thing. Um, but after we're all comfortable with each other, what's the next step? Then we're going to talk about what what are your academic goals and ultimately like what you want to major in and what would be the best route and degree to go for for you. But wait, Joe, what if I don't know? <laughs> if you don't know, that's that is perfectly all right because guess what? So that you're not the only one. And what's good in that point is if you don't know exactly what you want to do, it's good to maybe make a list of things you're interested in. Like maybe you don't know like what jobs you want to do, but what classes did you enjoy in high school? Uh, what were particular topics that really just uh, resonated with you? And then we can kind of expand on those like, oh, well, if you were to get a job in that field, here's what you could do. You could do this, this, or this. And then we can talk about different routes for that, whether going for a transfer degree would be the correct route, or maybe an associate of applied science to get you through it a little quicker, but with more hands-on work. Yeah. And Again, if you don't know, um, we, you know, we know every program at Rock Valley, so we'll show you everything we have. Um, and even if you do know, we can still do that for you. Mm -hmm. I have students and come in like, okay, I want to either be a doctor or have my own business. And I'm like, all right, let's just kind of go over everything. Yep. Um, but of course, we're going to emphasize on things you want because that's probably what you came in for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but we do like to, I like to show my students all the opportunities that they have because students also change their minds. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with if it's one um, semester after or a, a year after that they may change their minds, um, it's good to always just know what else we offer should you change your mind. Or even if you're confident, um, maybe you want to get multiple degrees, not mm -hmm. just one. And a good thing with that, too, is when you take um, classes here, if that class is part of any other degree, a popular example would be English 101. You've mm -hmm. taken English 101 once, it now counts for whatever degree you decide to go for. So you aren't having to retake classes in that regard. Mm -hmm. And it again, like Claudia was saying, too, it is perfectly all right to change your mind. Like I, I've had students completely change their mind after their first semester. And you can always come back to us to talk to us about that, too, and, you know, clarify, like, hey, I think it would be this route. Am I correct in thinking that? Or what would be a better route to do this entirely? Like, I'm, I'm lost again. And that's, that's all right. Like, we are always a resource here because we're not just get you in the door, like we said before, and you're gone. Like, we're here to help whenever. Mm -hmm. And then after we talk about your goals, show you what we offer, um, next, what I like to do is kind of see what step you're in. What are your next steps? What do you need to submit? Are you all done? Do you just need to register? So we focus on placement. So we already talked about um, what types of placement scores you need for us. Um, the deferral form, if you don't have those SAT or ACT scores. But now we will sit down with you, explain to you those scores if you have them, tell you how that impacts your classes. Um, or if you haven't filled out the form, help you fill it out, um, whatever the case is for you, um, and then answer those questions if you have any. So why should we make, like, what is the purpose of students 
coming to see us? Like, why is it important in your own words? Well, the <clears throat> probably the most uh, asked question is like, I want to make sure that I'm in the right classes. And that is the thing we are always dealing with, like making sure you are uh, in the right classes that are for your degree, but also a course load that isn't going to overwhelm you, that works well with your schedule. And um, ultimately is just going to get you where you want to go. Yeah, I like that answer a lot because I, I also have that um, students come to me t all the time like, I just need to know what classes I, I need to take. And, you know, we have all types of students at Rock Valley. Um, some can dedicate the whole hour appointment. Others, you know, need a quicker appointment, um, may only be able to meet at a specific time on mm -hmm. a specific day. Um, so we understand that. But we also want to make sure that you're taking the correct classes and the correct amount, as you said, um, so, like, if you go on our website, you'll often see, or we can even send you um, different guidelines for different programs. But just because, you know, let's say Joe's over here taking all five classes that he needs for one program prerequisite, um, if I'm balancing a job, if I'm a parent, if I have um, other responsibilities, I may not need to take, um, or I may not be able to take at those five classes because I want to make sure I'm successful. So that appointment is very, very important. One, to make sure you're getting the correct information, and then two, to make sure you're getting the information for you, um, that it fits for your for your responsibilities, for your needs, and then for your success overall. And going off that too, let's say you we got you through your first semester, you're comfortable, you feel comfortable registering yourself for your classes, uh, going to the in the next one or future semesters, and then you do it and you start that little bit of doubt gets in, like, did I do it right? Did I pick <laughs> the right ones? Uh, just reach out to us. Ask mm -hmm. us. We can we can instantly access, like, your schedule to see what you're registered for and see what you already took and make sure that you are on the right path. Um, or if there's maybe, maybe you accidentally picked a class that is not actually as transferable or doesn't fall mm -hmm. into the category that you thought it did, um, just let us know. That's what we can do. And a good thing to note, too, is that every year – um, programs could change. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying they do, um, but every year we may get an update like this class also counts for this program or this class, um, it may not count for this program anymore. So we'll know that information um, and it might be a little bit different than the information we gave you the first time we saw you. So always checking in with um, us or an academic advisor is the best thing to do for your future to make sure you're in the right classes. I think one of the worst emails that like makes my heart sink too is when a student either calls me or emails me and I can just feel how stressed out or upset they are because they were dropped for their classes um, for missing the payment deadline. Um, so again, those payments, those deadlines are all listed on our website. But if you meet with us, we'll also go over like the important payment dates that you need to remember and how to set up a payment plan so that doesn't happen to you. I know that causes a lot of last minute stress because then you have to re-register and some of the classes you picked out might be full. Um, so that's just another really important part of meeting with one of us. And then another thing that we do is we don't just tell you what classes to take, tell you how much your bill is, tell you your books. We'll also show you um, the different resources that you'll need. So 
um, hopefully you realize that um, we're in a virtual environment. <laughs> um, so there's going to be a place where you can access your class virtually if, if you do have those. Or some classes that are not online um, also use what's called our um, Eagles or also known as Canvas. Um, and then our online services, your email, a lot of different things. So in an appointment with us, we don't just give you, um, you know, maybe information that of the questions you have. We're most likely going to give you more information than what you asked for, but it's to your benefit. So we we know it can get a little overwhelming, a lot of information, but normally we have handouts. Um, we can email you different details afterwards so you don't forget. Um, but, you know, again, those the importance of an an appointment is because we, we're going to provide you with a lot of information that's going to help you at the end. And then the last thing I wanted to kind of point out about like the importance of the appointment is like I've mentioned a bajillion times, we really, really care about you guys um, and helping you be successful. Um, so meeting with us often, like keeping touch with us, um, we are here to help you succeed. Um, after your first semester, we don't just push you off to go talk to somebody else. Like we love when students either stop by our office and be like, hey, I got an A on this test, woohoo, or like send us an email, or just like touch base with us, be like, I took this class, it was wonderful, like thank you for this, blah, blah, blah. Like we want to hear from you after maybe you're done meeting with us, maybe you're on the academic and transfer advisor, like we will be your biggest cheerleader, your biggest support system, um, and making those connections and like finding like a mentor to help you through your college career is super, super important and very beneficial. Absolutely. Could not agree more with that. Um, but so, I'm going to come to campus next week and meet with Joel. What do I bring? Well, really, there's the there's not a whole lot you have to bring. People always ask, like, do I have to bring any papers or anything? Like, you can bring, like we said before, you can bring a guest. You can bring yourself and really just bring, you know, the most important thing, too, bring questions. Any mm -hmm. questions, concerns you've got, any fears and really be honest about that. And then also uh, bring a mask. We all got to wear a mask. <laughs> we, if you don't, if maybe you forgot one, uh, I've, I've done that before. I did that um, at a restaurant recently too. I went to the bathroom and forgot my mask entirely <laughs> and somebody stopped me. So um, yeah, bring that and yeah, just be honest about what you're curious about. No, there's no silly question to ask. That's, and again, that is our job. I have people, they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I got asking so many questions. I'm like, thank you. No, please <laughs> ask these yeah, questions. People always start. It's always the, comp, like, I yes. have a really young question, but, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that's a good question. That's because good, more, like, I always tell students, too, my biggest question when I started Rock Valley as, uh, when I was still kind of in high school, was, like, if people thought it was, like, uncool to bring a backpack. Like, that was my biggest fear <laughs> coming into school. Because in high school, people would be so mean to you if you had a backpack. You were like that loser. Oh my and I gosh. didn't want to start a new school and be like Meanwhile here I am at art backpack. at my art school coming in in pajamas and be like, I don't even care. <laughs> bring whatever you want, essentially. Yes. So, but limit it to two people. Bring whatever you want, essentially. Um, you can bring your backpack, you can bring your pajamas, although it's getting cold, so just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. Thermal pajamas. <laughs> I've got a great pair I got for Christmas that I'm breaking out <laughs> recently. Um, 
And then we, we see people all the time bringing in, um, like, a notebook, something to take notes with. Um, of course, we're, we're okay with that. Um, if you forget something and you want to start writing notes, we have free pens you can keep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we will give you a few handouts if, it, if it's in person, so you can also use that as paper. But I've given people paper, too, so... Um, and then, yeah, if, again, if you we could answer all of your questions and then uh, because we do dump so much information in that meeting, uh, maybe you're going to forget a little bit of it. And then you remember it later. Like, oh, what was it? Just ask us again. Mm-hmm. Ask us again. We have it. It's not odd. We're not going to think any less of you like we again, we want you to ask those questions because the worst thing that could happen would be knowing that you're stressing out over something we could have answered in two seconds. Mm-hmm. And also, real quick, sorry, Casey. I was going to say also what we do is send over an email with a lot of detailed information. So with a lot of my students, I'll kind of jot down the main points that we reviewed and we can add in all sorts of attachments so that, you know, that first conversation that we have, that first appointment, when it feels like there's a lot of detail to go over, just keep in mind, we can jot all of that down in an email so it's in one nice organized place. Mm -hmm. And then I just want, Joe had brought up honesty. Um, and if you're a parent of a college student, like you might want to mute it for like 30 seconds, um, only because we care about what the student wants to do. I think it happens more often than I'd like to see where mom, dad, grandma, sister, brother wants the student to go into path A when the student has no desire to go down that road and they really want to do path Z. Um, so we really care about what the student wants to do. So you need to be honest with us as well as be honest with yourself um, because this is a big deal. And you are taking classes that are only going to help you with the future, but we want to make sure that we get you what's best for you. And then while we're on the subject of parents really quick, um, another thing we'll talk about later in another episode, but you do have rights as a student. And one of those is FERPA. Um, so Anything we discuss, even when you're in classes, um, is confidential. So let's say mom and dad calls to see what grade you're getting in that English class. Um, If you have not given those rights to your parents, um, we cannot do that. Um, So college is a little bit, or should I say a lot more, independent than high school. Yeah, we can't even tell your parents you're a student here. Yep. Even if they're paying for it. Ex- yes, yes, exactly, Stephanie. Even, yes. <laughs> even if mom and dad are paying for it, uh, not unless they have that FERPA on file. They can't get any details about you as a student. Even if they want to pay us. Yep. You can fry me a little bit, but it's not going to work. <laughs> can't grease these palms. Thank you very much. <laughs> Squeaky clean RBC team. All right, so I think those are the 30 seconds that the parents muted. Um, So moving on, um, some common misconceptions are dot, dot, dot. Um, So one of the things I want to bring up right away are payment. Um, So I have students ask me, how much is a deposit? How much do I need to pay the day we register? Um, Or, oh, but I, you know, I haven't saved up enough. You do not need to pay the day you register even when you meet with us, you don't even have to register if you're not comfortable or, you know, you're not there just yet. So payment, um, as Casey mentioned earlier, there's payment dates and we'll go over that. But um, if you're within those dates, you don't have to worry about payment until um, we talk about that later on during your appointment to give you those dates that are specific to you. 
Yeah, the most uh, important takeaway I'd say from a re- registering for classes is that nothing's set in stone. Nothing is permanent and you can't change it. Uh, we'll have students register f- for classes with us, change their mind a week later. We'll have them change their mind a week before the semester starts. Um, and that's all very easy to do. I have students all the time be like, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience, but could we really switch mm-hmm. this around? Some, my schedule changed at work, or I actually want to drop this class. Let us know. It is so easy for us to make those changes. We look at what's available, we fill out a form, and it's done. Mm-hmm. We realize that life happens. Yeah. I've had students tell me, oh, I got pregnant and I'm due in October. Yes. And I'm like, well, first, congratulations. Yep. Second, can you send me pictures once that baby's born? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, we understand life happens. Um, we do, you do have up the Friday until um, the Friday before classes start. That's the normally the timeline that you can do um, switches through your accounts. Um, but then you have 10 days after the start of the semester to do, um, we could do those changes for you through I would say manually, but it's actually through our records department. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't do much, but our lovely <laughs> records department um, does puts in a lot of hard work, and they're able to um, help our students out with that. Shout out to records. <laughs> and then the last thing that I think a lot of students um, don't really understand, if you make an appointment with us and you decide, like, RBC isn't the right fit for me, that's okay too. I like, might cry though. We want you to <laughs> what? I said I might cry, but it's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel a little sad about it, but like I get it because this is your college experience, I guess. But um, just because you have an appointment with us doesn't mean you have a commitment to register. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you owe us anything. Like if you just want to come and you don't even want to fill out the application, you just want information, that's fine. Um, you also don't need to like know your plan. If you have no idea what you want to do, we can take it one semester at a time. Especially in your first semester, like Joe had mentioned earlier, a lot of those classes like English 101, speech, come for almost every single program out there. Um, so taking those classes isn't gonna be a waste. Um, it's still gonna benefit you. Um, so it's okay to not know your two-year plan or where you want to transfer after Rock Valley. And it's okay if you just want to come in for information and you aren't ready to register a commit. Like, we are here just to provide information. We don't want to feel like you are forced to do anything. Um, this is your, your journey, your path. Um, so it's all on your time. Perfectly said, Casey. So now let's no, um, wrap it up. Oh. And I think Casey has a question of the week. Go ahead, Casey. So today's controversial question of the week is... <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Like, is there like a drum roll? Okay. Today's question of the week is... Joe, you're starting. Okay. Do you believe in Bigfoot, mermaids, or aliens? All right. All of the above, none of the above, or a mixture? I believe... So the first two, Bigfoot and mermaids, um, Bigfoot... I will say that I think that's more like I'm going to believe the guy who's like, hey, I did that hoax. I made the suit. This It was just me, everybody. I, I was really good at fooling everybody. Um, mermaids, I think when people are out on the sea and you get scurvy, 
you start to see things <laughs> and it's very easy to, you know, mistake that or tell yourself that you're seeing something pretty that's actually just a manatee. Now, aliens, <laughs> aliens, though, that I can, be- I can believe in aliens. Um, I, there's... Do you picture, like, an E.T. alien or do you consider anything an alien that is, like, alive? Oh, I, I, you know, I guess the more broad one that anything that is alive, it from being alive to sentient um, intelligence, I consider accurate because the universe is massive, and I there's the the like it's just I can't maybe it's just I can't accept that Earth was in such the perfect happening that life could just be here. I, it just seems like to me that there's got to be something else out there, whether that means they're where we're at in civilization or they're beyond us. I think that's where it gets a little kind of sad or scary too, is where you're like, oh, what if aliens definitely exist and they came here, but like we weren't even around. It was just dinosaurs <laughs> still or like early mammals. You're like, that's depressing. Come back around. They're like, they just wrote that off. They're like, not going back there. That T-Rex was mean. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Or maybe they're like very advanced and like we're living in the dinosaur age, but we just don't know it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you, or maybe they're advanced and they put us in a simulation. Now we're getting real <laughs> crazy, guys. That. Yeah. I have that thought all the time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. I, w- I would definitely. Well, yeah. I would definitely agree with Joe. Um. I, I think, um, personally, um, I was in Colorado the other day. I saw Bigfoot. It was a statue. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was okay, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was expecting it to be a, at least hidden or something. <laughs> Thought you'd be taller. <laughs> was it the RBC Squatch? <laughs> no, it was just in um, Pikes Peak <laughs> in Colorado. Um I would classify, I feel like the human nature is to see what they want to see. Um, So with Bigfoot, I feel like some people might have just seen something, like might have been a really tall human. Um, (laughs) They they wanted to see and they wanted to create something. It was a really buff human. (laughs) A really tall human. But buff too. Yeah, buff too. (laughs) Um, So I feel... I just, I just feel like sometimes people want to see specific things and then their mind changes it to that. Um, but I do agree that I feel like aliens exist, just not in the way that maybe we, we mm-hmm. want them to exist or uh, the vision we, we envision when you hear the word alien. Um, I feel like mermaids may be a type of alien, maybe, maybe. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so there's definitely been a lot of different um activity i've seen um that may be considered from out of the this world um so i feel like same thing as as joe um sometimes i don't know if you've ever seen in perspective like you're on top of a mountain and you see everything <laughs> and you feel so <laughs> small yeah um so y- you know that those types of thoughts do come into mind like we it's i think in my 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 head um, I think it's incredible to think that we would be the only species alive. You know, we have animals, we have insects, we have, mm-hmm. you know, we're still discovering insects. We're still discovering different species of animals. I feel like 
We haven't even seen like most of the ocean. Right, right. And that's just Uh, right here. And I think they just discovered. um, Right in your backyard, Joe. Yeah, (laughs) right there. (laughs) They just discovered different life in another planet. Like, you know, it's just crazy. The moon has water. Yeah, it's just crazy, Mm -hmm. again, to think that there's not something else out there. So I think, you know, the, the media has played a great role in telling us what aliens look like. But I feel like aliens look might look something completely different. All right, Stephanie, what are your thoughts? Well, I think I probably have similar opinions to what was said already in terms of, like, the alien aspect of it. Just like I actually was already thinking what Joe just mentioned where um, finding, like, water on the moon. So in my head, yeah, I do feel like there's got to be something more out there. I can't say that I spend any additional time kind of, like, thinking in terms of, what exactly may exist i just think of if there's water there's probably something (laughs) and i leave it at that um as for bigfoot and mermaids um i just wanted to mention that you know i think joe also mentioned like how we haven't really seen all of the ocean i can't say i really believe in either one but i was super hopeful about mermaids a few years ago during shark week when they yes! led up a whole huge thing like they had discovered a mermaid and they went into detail as to if you think about like how a half person half fish would have to survive <laughs> in the ocean what they would look like and i was like I don't want them to exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have like a lot of like black silhouette like yep. people and they're like this is detective blah 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 mm-hmm. and they would, like be like and oh, I saw it. Yeah. Exactly. You're watching it and I was just like initially I thought there was like they, they fed it into having some sort of legitimacy and then as you watched it you were like alright this was just a, a li- like a catch. I get yep. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'd say no to Bigfoot and mermaids and then aliens. I feel like inevitably something's got to be out there. It feels too, it feels too like conceited to be like, no, we're the most intelligent life form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, no way Bigfoot, not a chance. <laughs> I know way too many people who have backpacks and hunted and hiked in the boonies of the boonies and no, I don't think that's a thing. Uh, mermaids, see that documentary actually had the opposite effect on me. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> so legit. Um, so I thought, I think mermaids exist, but I think they're really thinking ugly. Like, if you yes. think about, like, like, it is not an aerial type thing. Like, if you think about those really nasty looking fish, like the angler like, fish that are down. in the abyss. Great fish shaming though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, there's no sunlight. There's no sunlight down there. Like we don't even know what they eat, and they're just like there. I think a mermaid would be like really ugly, and just, just down there. Just... I think I think they're down there. <laughs> and then <laughs> I do think aliens are out there. I don't think they're like how they are like in a UFO, but I think there's something, something moving out there. We can't be the top of the, the chain. That's for sure. We are. Right. I'm, I'm now I'm having really a lot of fun just imagining really pale, terrifying mermaids at the bottom of the ocean. And also like buff Bigfoot, not skipping leg day. <laughs> <laughs> All that walking and oh. hiking, you know, he's got big calves. Well, oh, what Joe. Is he? 
he's that yeah. big. Like, does he eat trees? Oh, he eats deer. He, eats he is. He's that man has got that entity. Can't can't assume hey, that, that some entity. Of the biggest dinosaurs were herbivores. Oh. Right. You know what? You're right. Nope. You got me that. Yes, that's correct. You know, people, they start talking about like animals not being able to be certain sizes. They're like, oh, if it was this big, it'd, it'd crush under its weight. I'm like, look at dinosaurs. They were massive. Mm-hmm. That'll always be our excuse. But Joe, Casey and I will find you some photos of those mermaids from the documentary. Do it. And yes. You won't want- well, the <laughs> only other uh, representation I've seen was in the movie Cabin in the Woods. And uh, one of the guys is just hoping he's like, oh, I hope somebody gets like pulls the merman to have that show up because that it's really bad to clean up the mess that it leaves behind. But this horror creature, the merman, is like, I want to see one. And then you do see one later, and it is yes, it is the ugliest thing. It's this blobby fish creature that kind of has human like face. And then when it eats somebody, it's got a blowhole that starts like blowing out like chunks of blood and stuff. It's it's awful. It's awful. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I hate it. Stephanie, in that documentary, did they have the clip where they like pulled out a mermaid and I put quotes around that um, with like a net? Did they have that little clip? The clip I remember that they were focusing on was like a hand on a submarine. Okay, I saw that. And then also there was, like, a really gritty, like, who knows, clip of them, like, pulling out this, like, ugly kind of human-like thing. And it was, like, and that's when I was, like, they're real. (laughs) Right there. But anyway, if there are any big feet, mer people, or aliens out (laughs) there that would like to contest our claims today, uh, let us know. We'd like to hear from you. We'll have you in here. Yeah, we'll keep your secret, too. All right. Well, I think that one wraps up episode three. Episode three. So everybody have a great rest of your week, and we will RVC you next time. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.